2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. That's a, that's a title of God. It's one of his names. Think about that. The God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble. Notice this. See, there is a, there is a cultural idea a, a worldly idea. It's not wrong, but it's a worldly idea that says, if you and I have gone through the same thing, I can help you. And I can only help you if I've gone through what you've gone through. The Bible says you don't have to go through it to be able to comfort someone through it. Because as God comforts you in all your trouble, you can comfort those in any trouble. See, you have something better than experience. You have the Holy Spirit. Oh, glory to God. I'm not saying you shouldn't use your pain to help others. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying there's something even better. With the comfort we ourselves receive, comfort's received. Everyone say that. Say comfort is received. Okay, comfort is received from God. I'm, I'm going to talk about grief today. And I want to talk about how to deal with pain, how to receive comfort from God. And so I want to talk about good grief. Good grief. Good grief. Good grief. Lord, I thank you that as we receive your comfort, we can comfort others. Lord, I thank you that you're not in a hurry. Thank you that you're patient. And I thank you that you're going to help us heal today. In the mighty name of Jesus, everyone said a good amen. Amen and amen. Thank you, brother. And thank you, worship team. Worship was phenomenal today. Can we, can we thank God for them? Can we just show our appreciation? Grief is the sorrow we feel when we experience loss. That's what grief is could be death, but it doesn't have to be death. It's any form of pain or loss in our life. Grief is the sorrow we feel. One psychologist defined it this way. Grief is the natural response to loss. It's the natural response to loss. Now, loss could be anything. It could be big or it could be small. Loss could even be just change. Life has gone this way, now it's going, it's going in a new direction. It might even be a good direction, but it's new. And there can be grief that comes with that. Uh, you start a new job, or maybe you retire, or maybe there's, there's a new something that happens in your life, a new season for your kids. And there can be grief that comes along with that. And some of you have never even thought about that. Why am I feeling this way? Why do I, why, why am I grieving over that? I shouldn't. But that's a, that's a cultural idea that we have in our country that says you, you can't feel pain for that experience. But I just want to say that isn't healthy. Pain is pain and grief is grief. And the idea is not to just get rid of it. The idea is to give it to God and understand it. 
So, so here, here's, here are the seven stages of grief. I, I won't go into detail, but shock, denial, bargaining, guilt, anger, depression, and then hope. Hope. You can be hopeful and in grief at the same time. This is something people a lot of times don't believe. Well, if I get better, I will no longer grieve. You can actually be getting better and grieving at the same time. Grief is somewhat unexplainable. It can come in waves. It can, it can come out of nowhere. You could think you're done with it, and then it comes knocking on your door again. And in our culture, grief is looked down on. As Americans, we believe that we need to toughen up. It needs to be stronger. Isn't that how we think? It needs to be tougher. It needs to be stronger. I was talking to a, uh, a military vet before the 9 a.m. He's gone to Afghanistan three different times. He served our nation. Young, fit, had to park in handicap because of injuries that he suffered. And he's dealing with the sorrow, the pain, the PTSD of, of what he went through. You don't look at a, at a hero and say, well, he's going to be stronger. You don't, you don't look at a dude that looks like that, who's ripped head to toe, has got muscles in, even in his neck, and go, <laughs> oh, I mean, he's going to be stronger. But that's what we, that's, that's our cultural idea. I'm hurting, I need to be, I need to be tougher. Now that, that's even compounded worse in the church, because then we go, well, you just need more faith. Well, if you prayed more. Well, if you, you know, if you loved God more, well, if you, if you gave more, if you, so we're living under this condemnation for the grief that we feel. This leads to cycles of grief that usually are no longer even about the initial pain. Here's what I mean. The, the, the initial pain started it. Now we're layers in and we haven't even dealt with the root cause and we're on to new things. I was talking to a friend this week who's, who's gone through a lot of pain. And I said, it's like death by paper cuts. You bleed out. By, it's just little thing after little thing after little thing after little thing after little thing. And, and you haven't even dealt with what initially caused it because now you're layers down. And you're mad at yourself for hurting. So you feel bad, and then you feel bad for feeling bad, and then you're mad at yourself for feeling bad, and then you're feeling bad for even feeling bad. I've been there. I'm hurting, and I shouldn't hurt because I should have more faith. You're an idiot. Why don't you have more faith? Why do you even feel this way? Great men of faith wouldn't ever feel this way. And then you just start. And it doesn't have to be about some great loss, so it could be a great loss. It could just be a change of your life and you're dealing with the grief of the change. Proverbs 14.10 says it like this, each heart knows its own bitterness. This is why two people can go through the same exact thing and have different experiences because each heart knows its own, its own bitterness. That's why just because you've gone through something, you can't look at someone who's going through it and go, well, hey, here's what I did, and if you'll just do this, you'll just, no, because each heart knows its own bitterness. 
So I'm, I'm, I understand that you've gone through this, but we're feeling different things. This is why going back to 2 Corinthians 1, God's comfort is better than your experience. Because you're not just going, hey, well, I got through it and you need to get through it. And I got through it in three months and you need to get through it in three months. And you're going, well, I, I'm not through it in three months. No, you need a God idea. You need a God word. You need the voice of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so here's what we do in most cases of grief. We cope. And coping with pain always leads to more pain and new pain. I'm talking about unhealthy coping. So I'm dealing with pain. And now I'm, instead of ever really dealing with the issue, I just start to cope. Uh, a good example, I'm, I'm going to be in a lot of examples today because of the pain that I'm currently in. Um, I've got a sciatic thing happening going down my left leg and my foot and everywhere else left. But now I've been walking. Someone's at your house. Check it real quick. Could be a robber. Isn't ring the dumbest thing? Because all it does is it makes you nervous about the UPS guys. Like, okay, anyway. And what are you going to do if they steal your package anyway? Look at them on ring. You can't stop it. Okay, anyway. Sorry. I have ring too. It's like, who is it? Oh, it's Amazon guy. Oh. Oh, it's a kid stealing my Amazon package. What am I going to do? Hey, you! Okay, anyway, sorry. Isn't ring funny? We think we're safer because we got a ring. Okay. So, some of you didn't hear what happened, but ring happened. Okay. Um, what was I talking about? So my, okay. So this is hurting. So now I've been compensating on my right leg. I've been coping. So now my right leg hurts. So now both like Because <laughs> what, what you normally do is you look for immediate relief that's actually going to cause more pain. So most addiction is birthed out of unhealed pain. Most anger is birthed out of unhealed pain. Most isolation is birthed out of unhealed pain. We, we have not dealt correctly with the pain we're feeling. So we get into numbing. And we're not healed, we're numb. See, health doesn't mean we're completely void of pain. Watch, watch, watch. Health means hope. Say amen, everybody. Health means hope. I know I'm healthy because I'm hopeful. Still in pain, but I'm hopeful. I'm still grieving, but I'm future focused. I'm still grieving, but I'm God focused. I'm still, I'm still grieving. And here's what, here's what Ecclesiastes 3, 4 says. It says there's a time to mourn. Don't let someone rush you out of that time. Because if it's time to weep, it's time to weep. And don't start laughing too quick. Don't start dancing too quick. Because you need to process what you're going through first. Or you will try to rush yourself out of a season that God has not asked you to leave yet. All right. So check out this photo. 
this is how a lot of us think we're going to process. This is from Dr. Caroline Leaf. We think that the grief is just going to shrink and shrink and shrink, and it should. Instead, we should focus on health and getting bigger. I am, I am not saying that the grief will never go away and you're going to have to deal with it forever. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying our focus so often is on just fixing an issue instead of getting healthier. If you have heart disease, you should want to fix that issue, but you should also work on getting healthier. Don't just take the pills. Take the pills. The doctor says take the pills, but also work on your lifestyle. Don't just try to fix an issue. Okay, cool. Got my blood pressure under control. Got my, okay, yes, but get healthier. If you have diabetes, don't just, and and don't just focus on, I just don't want to be a diabetic. I just don't want to be a diabetic. I just don't want to be a diabetic. No, just work on health. Does this make sense? A lot of times it's like, I need to get over it. I need to get over it. I need to get over it. I need, it's not going to work. Health is the goal, not no pain. Health is the goal, not numbness. Health is the pain, not just, I need to get over it. I need to be tougher. I need more faith. No, health. Am I helping so far? Okay. How, so, so, so how do I enter into good grief? And by the way, some of you are going, why are you talking about this? Because I haven't done a good job over the last 18 months of just addressing the challenge that we've been in. I haven't done a good job of it. Because I've been just trying to keep us up and I've been trying to keep us faith-filled and I'll continue to do that. But the grief that even comes with the pandemic, the grief that comes with uh, job changes, the grief that comes with economic changes, the grief. Some of you are in some ways better than ever. And yet there's just the grief of what's next and what this is. It's all just part of it. And if you just try to go, ah, I just need to be positive and just get over it. You're, you're not going to allow the Holy Spirit to do something deep in you through this. Number one, talk about it. Good grief will, will require that you talk about it. Admit that you're grieving. Define why you are grieving. Don't be ashamed of it. Define it. Well, you know, I guess it's because of this, but I know I know that's not a good reason. It's, no, there isn't a good or bad reason. If you're grieving, you're grieving. See how we start doing this immediately? Define that you're, I, you know, I know that was five years ago and I know I should be open. No, no one's saying that. I'm not saying that. God's not saying that. Define that you're grieving and refuse to live in denial about it. And you need to talk to God and talk to a friend about it. Okay, not Facebook. Not, listen, somebody said. Not Instagram stories at 3 a.m. But you do need to talk to someone about it. Someone that can help you. Who are you grieving with? Don't grieve alone. Who are you grieving with? Who are you talking to? First Peter 5, 7. First of all, talk to God, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Talk to God about your cares. Talk to God about your worries. Talk to God about your fears. 
get open and honest and transparent with God. Well, I don't know if I should talk to God about that. It'll kind of look like a lack of faith. He already knows. <laughs> Why y'all trying to keep secrets from him? He's like, so we're going to talk about this or no, no. Okay. Okay. If you're going to get honest with anyone, get honest with God. Because let me, let me tell you what happens. Every moment you don't deal with it, you're like a pressure cooker. And it's just getting more and more. And what prayer is, is it's any old school people. Y'all know what a pressure cooker is? Amen. Y'all know what a pressure cooker is? You eventually got to hit that little. <sighs> That's prayer. You, if, if you care about it, it's a care. Cast all your cares upon God. What's a care? Anything you care about. Anything you're thinking about, anything that's tumming, uh, turning your stomach at night, anything that's, that's breaking you in a cold sweat, anything that's, that's filling your mind, if you care about it, give it to God. God, I'm giving this to you. I'm trusting you with this. And I know we talked about this yesterday, and I, and I know I told myself I'd be over it by today, but here I am again. I'm surprised. You're not surprised. Let's talk again. I was talking to a friend this week. He was so frustrated that he was grieving. That's so, it's so weird that we're there. And it's so sad that we're there. And I'm so sad that some of you feel that way, like, I just know I should be over it. I know I shouldn't. And now you're mad at your, no, talk about it. Because you living in denial about it is not helping anyway. Have you really gotten honest about what that pain did, about what that moment did, what that divorce did, what that sickness did, what that surgery did, what that moment of I prayed and I knew God was going to hear me and it didn't work out the way I thought it was going to work? Have you really, have you really grieved? Because if you haven't, here's the issue. You're still there emotionally. So you're stuck. You're in 2021, but you're not. You're in 2020, or you're in 2015, or you're in 2010, or you're in. You have to talk about it. James chapter 5, verse 16, I'll skip here. Therefore, confess your sins. This, this word sin literally means weakness or wanderings or just its issues. Confess, talk to somebody. To one another and pray. So don't just talk, pray. Amen. Don't just vent, pray. Vent, but then pray. <laughs> that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person has great power as it is working. There is something powerful about saying, here's what I'm dealing with. Here's where I'm hurting. Here's where I'm grieving. Here's what I'm going through. I need you to pray for me. And I'm not asking you to fix me. And I'm not asking you to project on me. And I'm not asking you to gaslight me. And I'm not asking you to condemn me with your prayer. I'm just asking someone to lift up a, a righteous, powerful prayer. Because I don't have it, but I know you got it. Come on. And there's something powerful that happens when the Bible says, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. My soul is sick. My heart is sick. I'm grieving. Talk about it. 
That doesn't mean go in a small group. It's small group season. I'm not, please don't walk into a house this week with 12 strangers and tell them everything. Don't do that. Because they won't come back. You'll come back, but they won't come back. But talk to somebody. Here's what that means. You're going to go to group and you're going to find someone you connect with. And then you're going to go, can we have coffee this week? Because I got to talk to somebody. If I told this whole group that, this house would explode. But can we talk? This, I got to talk to somebody. Number two, be still. Be still. Psalm 46, verse 10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted in the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still. What am I saying? I'm saying do less. The kids say, say less. <laughs> say less. I'm here to say, do less. Go ahead. When you're grieving, do less. Very good. My physical therapist said, go on a walk for 10 minutes. Not an hour, 10 minutes. Walk backwards for five minutes. Not 20 minutes, five minutes. Your endorphins are going to start working. Your blood's going to start flowing. You're going to want to do more. Do less. I have this Theragun. It's this weird massage machine gun. It's amazing. But here's what she said. She said, don't use it right now. Because what will happen is you'll, you'll put it on your back and then you'll go numb and then you'll do too much and then you'll just cause more injury. So she said, right now, do less. Ice, 15 minutes. You're going to want to ice for two hours at a time. You're going to want to just ice, ice, ice. It's too much. Just 15 minutes. Then take a break for a couple hours. Do less. If I walked into my gym today and I grabbed my, my barbell that I, that I do um, workouts with, if, if I go in there right now and do that, I'm going to hurt myself. And I have no one to blame but myself. Do you know what we do? We get into things too early while we're still hurting and then we blame people for the pain that we walked into. Let me, let me just talk to you single people for a second. If you're single and ready to mingle, make some noise real quick. Where are you at? Single people? Okay, okay. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. You date and you fall in love in three seconds. And for the next three months, it's love, love, love fest, love fest, love fest, love fest, love fest. And then all of a sudden, it's over. And you're back at the gym going, I'm just working on me. <laughs> you know it's true. Guess what? A month later, you're back with somebody else. Love fest, love fest, love. And you blame them. You haven't dealt with unhealed pain yet. It's not their fault. I'm not, I'm not saying you're a bad person. I love you. I honor you. I thank God for you. But you're only going to repeat cycles until you, here's, here's the thought, halt. How many know if you're hungry, don't go grocery shopping? halt. If you're angry, halt. If you're lonely, halt. If you're tired, halt. And when I say hungry, I don't just mean physically hungry. I mean spiritually hungry. If you're 
If you're in a bad place, it's okay to be in a bad place. Just don't do anything. It's okay if you're healing. It's okay if you're hurting. Just don't do anything. So I want to say it like this. This will change your life, by the way. What I'm about to say next. I don't always say that. This is going to change your life if you'll listen to me. Okay, can I be that bold? I've been walking with God a long time. I know a little bit of... I know a little bit in this area, this will change your life. Get ready. If you're hurting, anxious, or grieving, do not add to your life. I'm telling you by the Spirit of God, do not add to your life. Well, I'm hurting, and I'm anxious, and I'm grieving, and I'm lonely. I should go on a date. Nope. I'm hurting and I'm anxious and I'm grieving and I'm lonely. Let's swipe right. Let's see who we got. Nope. Well, I'm going through hell. I, I, think, I think I need a new watch. No. Well, bingo, I guess I need new golf clubs. No. That'll cheer me up. No, it won't. It'll numb you for about four days. If you're in this season, do not, at, this is not the time. This is not the time to propose. I'm serious. This is not the time to get married. I'm serious. This is not the time to try to find something out here to fix that. This this will change your life. In a justifiable search for comfort... We are tempted to seek romantic relationships, possessions, or a substance to find relief. This may seem to help in the short term, but will eventually only add more issues. Some of you are married to them right now. No, I'm serious. I mean, you're dealing with it, right? You are. Instead of addition, and now you're married, so this next part isn't for you because now you're married so you need to go to counseling. Instead of addition, (laughs) seek to remove noise. You can't be like, yeah, we're done, but no, you're in now. (laughs) Seek to remove noise, slow your pace, and lean into face-to-face friendships. Breathe, walk, meditate on scripture, pray, surround yourself with community. I'm telling you, we're hurting, so we try to add. And could it be as could it be as crazy as as alcoholism and gambling addiction and drug? Of course. Could it be as subtle as just a couple hundred bucks at Target that you didn't need to spend? It could be. Oh, the ladies got quiet. Okay. I don't think I've. Oh, I got one very bold man of God. It was kind of a cough. Preach. <coughs> Pastor, but it could be, huh? No, and, and guys, no, and because we go buy dumb toys. Amen. Okay, now I got one lady. Over here. I'm just glad it wasn't the same married couple. <laughs> Let me stand up for a second. I'm going numb. Okay, so, um, does that make sense? So, so we buy and we add. We were, I was just having a great conversation with a, with a buddy of mine in our church this week about wh- what do you do when, when, you, when it 
you kind of got it all. Do you just kind of keep buying? Do you kind of just keep adding? No. You've, you've got to learn to wait. You've got to learn to be patient. You've got to learn. Don't add to your life in grief. I'm not saying you can never add. I'm not saying you can never buy those clubs or buy that watch or go on that shopping street or marry that person. Or I'm not saying that. I'm saying in the, in the moment of grieving, don't. I cannot go pick up that heavy bar today and do cleans. I can't. And I can't do it and then blame rogue fitness for my pain. <laughs> I have to wait. I'm just saying don't add to your life right now. It's okay to be patient. And don't let someone rush you into, well, you should be over it. I'm not over it. So until I'm over it, I'm waiting. Well, you should be better by now. I was better by now. Well, I'm not you. You got to learn how to be patient. You're, you're, you're getting better. You're getting stronger, but you're not in a hurry. This is so important. This is so important. Okay, number three. Let me have the keys come up. We'll wrap it up here. Grieve with hope. Grieve with hope. First Thessalonians chapter four, verse 13. I don't want you to be uninformed, uh, uninformed, my brothers, about those who are asleep, those who are dead. This is, the Apostle Paul is writing to a church about people who have died in the church. And he says this, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. Here's what the Apostle Paul is saying. He's not saying if you have hope, you will not grieve. That's not what he's saying. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, as you grieve, you grieve with hope because you know the future. We believe in the resurrection of the dead. We believe in heaven. We believe in eternal life. So, so we don't grieve the same way an unbeliever grieves. One of the most famous uh, comedians of our generation, Norm MacDonald, recently passed and to hear other comedians talk about how fearful they are of death and how fearful they are that, man, Norm died and, man, maybe I'm next. And there's so much fear around it because they don't have any hope because they don't know the Lord. So what the Apostle Paul's saying is he's not saying you can't grieve. He's just saying we do it with hope because we know the end of the story. Give me a good amen right there. Come on, we know the end of the story. So, so... So Paul tells us we can grieve with hope and psychologists tell us that the last form of grief is hope. I'm grieving, but I'm hopeful. I'm grieving, but I'm future focused. I'm, I'm grieving, but I'm apprehending my promise. I'm grieving, but I'm holding on to Jesus. I'm grieving, but I'm moving forward. So I'm, I'm in pain and facing my future at the same time. And a lot of you haven't believed that that could be a reality for you. So you just go, well, as long as I'm grieving, I'm stuck. No. I'm still moving forward. And I'm still grieving. And I'm not in a hurry 
on either level. Elijah, 1 Kings chapter 17. Elijah is depressed. He's running for his life from Ahab. He's literally suicidal. You could read the text later. He's suicidal. He's struggling. This is like one of the greatest men of God in the Bible. One of only two men uh, in Scripture, Enoch and Elijah, that were raptured up into heaven that did not physically die. I mean, this guy is, and he's dealing with all that. So if he's dealing with that, don't beat yourself up if you're dealing with that. And in the midst of his depression and pain and anxiety and worry, watch this, verse 2, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. That means that God can speak to you right now. Give me a good amen right there. God can speak to you right now. In your pain, in your worry, in your grief, God can speak. You can get a word from God. A word from God that will absolutely change your future. The word of the Lord. And here's what God says. Leave here. Turn eastward. Doesn't mean a lot to us. But east in scripture and east in Jewish culture is where God was. You turned east towards Jerusalem. You turned east towards Zion. You you turned east towards the temple. So God says, I want you to turn east. I want you to turn towards me. To this day, if you will ever see a, a, a rabbi and you see them doing their morning prayers, if you were ever to see them at sunset or at sunup, excuse me, you'll see them turn east towards Jerusalem to pray. This is a part of their culture. Here's what God's saying. Face me. Turn towards me. Don't go inward. Don't even go outward. Go upward. (laughs) Face east. Elijah, I know you're depressed. Look at me. I know you're fearful. Look at me. I know you're running for your life. Look at me. I know you're suicidal. Look at me. Don't look at them. Don't look around. Look at me. Eyes on me. Come on, parents. I don't know if you've ever had to tell your kids that. Eyes on right here. And hide in Kareth Ravine east of the Jordan. Man, I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost right now. God's saying, turn towards me. Get east. Get towards my direction. Turn. I know you're hurt. I'm not in a hurry about that. Just start leaning in my direction. I'm grieving with hope. I'm grieving eastward. You will drink from the brook. God says there will be refreshing there. Water represents the spirit of God. Water represents refreshing. God says, I'll meet you east. And I've directed ravens to supply you with food. I'll sustain you. I'm, I'm grieving. I'm hurting. I'm shocked. I'm discouraged. But I'm, but I'm facing east. And I refuse to let my emotions get me to change my direction. I refuse to let outside voices get me to change my direction.
I refuse to let the devil get me to change my direction. I'm facing east. I'm facing God. I'm going to continue to pray. I'm going to continue to be in church. I'm going to continue in small group. I'm going to continue to read my word. I'm going to continue to listen to worship music. And, and, and I'm not in a hurry to heal because only God can do that. But what I can do is I can face him. And while I face him, he heals me. And while I face him, he renews me. And while I face him, he restores me. And while I face him, I receive his comfort. And with that comfort, I now comfort others. Now you have a testimony of what God did for you. And now you become what Jesus said we would become salt and light. Salt is preserving, salt is flavor. You become a preserving factor in your family, at your workplace, with your friend group. You bring flavor and sense. And then you bring light. Light is illumination. Light is revelation. Light is understanding. Light is clarity. You now become a force of light city, light church. That's what, that's what we try to do around here. We're trying to help people understand. We're trying to help people make sense of their life. We're trying to help people see who the light is. That light is Jesus. And now I become salt and light in my world, not by having just all the answers, because I don't have all the answers. I just know Jesus. And Jesus has brought light into my life, clarity into my life, comfort into my life. And now with this comfort I've received from him, I now give to others. Good grief. I could have got up here for 30 minutes and said, if you're grieving, you don't have any faith, get over it. And sadly, that's how a lot of people think. And sadly, that's how a lot of preachers have preached. And I'm, I'm sorry you've ever heard that and I'm sorry you've ever thought that. You're grieving and the proof of your faith is that you're here. The proof of your faith is that you're in God's house. The proof of your faith is that you've gone through the fire but you've come out. As pure gold, you're here. You're facing east. Don't beat yourself up. Focus on health. Focus on getting better. But don't focus on fixing something that only God can fix. Can I get a good amen in the house? Praise the Lord. Praise God. Amen. Wonderful. Let's do it right now. Let's cast our cares on him, for he cares for us. I want you to, I want you to lift your hands with me. And here's what I want you to imagine as you lift your hands, you're just giving God that moment 
that pain. You're giving him that memory. Father, today, in the name of Jesus, we're, we're casting our cares on you. Because we know, we are convinced. We're convinced by the word of God and we're convinced by the witness of the Holy Spirit that you care for us. We thank you today that you're not in a hurry. We thank you today that you are a patient, good, loving, heavenly Father. And we commit right now. Here's what we do commit to, Lord. We commit to going eastward. We commit to facing you. We commit to seeking you. We commit to a daily walk with you because we know that's where the healing is. We know that's where the life is. We know that's where the restoration is. We know that's where the comfort is. And, And we repent for running from you. We repent for being mad at you. We repent from hiding from you. Today we get back into the light. And we get real and we get honest and we ask you again, help us Holy Spirit. Jesus. Hallelujah. There's ministry in the house right now. You're receiving. I'm telling you, the Spirit of God is renewing your strength. You'll soar and mount up on wings of eagles. You'll run and not grow weary. You'll walk and not be faint. Those who wait on the Lord, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. It's happening right now. Hallelujah. Just, just right now, just whisper, thank you, Jesus. Just whisper a praise right now. Whisper a praise to heaven right now. Woo! Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Just let a praise come out of your heart right now like a river. Let it flow right now. Thank you, Lord. 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 I'm getting stronger. Hallelujah. Thank you. I'm getting, I'm getting wiser. Thank you, Lord. You're comforting me today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you're not in a hurry. We're not in a hurry. We're going to receive everything you have for us in the mighty name of Jesus. Wow. Hallelujah.